Hello everyone and welcome to another Craft of the Draft video. I'm one of your co-hosts, John T. Ralph Smith, and as always, I'm joined by Nathan Seppi. We're here to give our top 20 draft prospects across Victoria and Tasmania. If you're new to the channel, we cover the Coates Talent League, which obviously encompasses teams throughout Victoria and also the Tasmanian Devils. We've obviously seen a little bit of the Western Australian, South Australian and Northern prospects, but didn't think it was fair to grade them given we aren't as connected in those stratospheres as we are in Victoria and Tasmania. So we have kept it local and we both have put in some different thoughts about how we've arrived at our rankings, which we'll get to in just a second. Before we do, though, uh, just a couple of a couple of disclaimers. Uh, if you see a black snippet on your screen, then that is Nathan's rankings. We're going individual rankings. They're separate, so I've compiled my own list. Nathan's compiled his own list. If you see a white snippet on your screen, then that's, uh, that's the ranking from me. Nathan, I'll throw you first. How have you arrived at the 20 that you have? Yeah, so my rankings are a bit of a combination of talent as it is, is what we've seen in the last tw 12 months and a, a combination of your yeah, talent and then potential as well, because I think potential is pretty important to look at because I think we've seen a lot of glimpses from these players, especially in the last, you know, five or six months in the talent league. But I, I do think the potential is there for a lot of players and it's probably made up most of my top 20 when I look, look at it now. I, I think I have left a few players out that are probably stiff to miss out that are very talented players. But I think in the AFL in the last couple of years, we've seen players who don't even really go that high, but they turn out a year later and, you know, they're superstars, which great example this year with Mitch Owens at St Kilda. He's been fantastic. So, yep, that's my um, combination of talent and then potential for my ranking. And mine's probably a little bit more weighted to their form in the last 12 to 18 months. Obviously, what they've shown at the national camp it's this season I've put a lot of a lot of thought into that as well and that carries a lot of credibility in my rankings obviously upside and what they can offer an AFL club also comes into it as well as who else is available in the draft class so there's obviously certain players who are of a particular position which is scarcer in this draft class and thus supply and demand pushes them up it should also be mentioned that neither of us are suggesting this is the order that the players are going to go. It's it's not an indicative draft power ranking, so to speak. Although, having said that, we do both have Harley Reid at one because I think Harley Reid would be number one in any sort of rankings in this scenario based on what we've seen across a long period of time now. And he's been able to really back up the the speak about him leading into this year. We saw what he was able to produce all throughout last year. There were clubs talking that he was a top five prospect for last season if he was eligible for the draft. And he's continued that form through this year. So no surprise that he's both our number ones. Nathan? Yeah, well, like you said, there really is no surprise. He's just continued to keep impressing. And there's no doubt he still wants to get that number one pick and prove why he's the best in this draft pool. When you have a player who can play across all three areas of the ground, you really know you have a star. And, you know, most number one picks in the last couple of years have just slid right into an AFL team and did their role exceptionally well. So, except pretty similar things from Harley. Number two for both of us, before we differ for the rest of the 20, is Colby McCurtra. 
I think he's been compared a lot to Riley Sanders, given they've both been a really critical force in the Allies engine room and, a, and an important reason why they were able to go undefeated throughout the national championships. Just think that Colin McCoach probably hurts you a little bit more with his ball use as well as his outside weapons have really come to the fore as well, both for the Devils and the Allies able to kick some impressive goals and, and showing off some some real weapons. So been really impressed with what I've seen from him throughout the year. One of my favourites to watch as well. Yeah, definitely a favourite to watch that. You know, his performances for the Allies were just exceptional. And I think something that's important now in the AFL is if you're a midfielder, can you be damaging going forward? And he's proven that. He's just so silky smooth with his ball movement, breaks mm-hmm. the contest really well, and, yeah, can just impact any team he's playing for. And he's racking up disposals for Tassie, and he did that for the Allies. So, yeah, deserving second spot for both of us. Absolutely. Conor O'Sullivan is in third position for me. We've seen that he's able to play both ends of the ground and probably part of the reason for his strong form is just how maturely built he is compared to other players his age. I'd be interested to see how that does hold up when he does go against senior bodies because he is used to having that as a point of difference. But he's been so good uh, down back. He's, he's able to engage physically. He's obviously a really big boy and, and he's also been able to kick some goals for the Bushies. My number three is Darcy Wilson and goes back to my whole potential statement that I made at the start. Um, He's a player that I feel like could absolutely tear it apart at AFL level and just be such a crucial, I'd say a role player at AFL level. I think similar to what we saw with a fellow teammate of his last year, Ollie Hollands at Carlton, someone that you know will build into their, you know, build into their size, but that running running capacity going forward and back is just something that stands out to me. His his work rate and he uses the ball well even even when he's tired and he can move forward, make an impact, kicking some goals. He's just one that I think, given the time and the development, he's already been extremely impressive at club and state level. I think he'll just be a phenomenal player come twelve months time. And I think the number three ranking and I hope does really stand out for him because he's he's been so impressive to watch and I'm a big fan of good runners at AFL level that can keep going and run two ways. So, yeah, he's my number three. Riley Sanders, for me, at number four, I think he probably started towards the the bottom of the top ten for me, but what he's been able to produce throughout the championships has proven to me that he does have more outside weapons than I realise. We know that he's able to go in, he's really hungry for the ball, he's able to extract and feed it to the runners, but he's been able to get involved in the outside and his ball use has really cleaned up as well, so been really good and he's also produced really consistently for the Sandringham Dragons this season, obviously got a lot of exposure for them last year as well, and, and we've heard about what his what uh, impact his former teammate Harry Shazel has had on him and you see that same sort of professionalism come through with Riley Sanders so looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out for him but it's been an upwards trajectory 2023. My number four is Zane Dersma from the Gippsland Power. He's continued to get really impressive as the season has gone on just that really tall power power forward that can take strong marks and his kicking ability is really good as well just a nice straight kick that can impact the scoreboard. We saw how dominant he was in that in the third quarter against Vic Metro where he tore it apart. Just mm-hmm. a versatile key forward as well that can move within that inside 50 and not just be a set shot threat. He can move around, kick goals on the run. And I think what we need to see a little bit more now is just see him move up the ground a bit more. Can he be a bit more damaging moving forward up the ground? But otherwise, I think and when you look at key forwards in this Victorian-Tasmanian class, I think he's probably the one that's up there 
with talent and probably potential as well. Yeah, certainly. He's my number five. And I, the only thing I'd add to that is he's got some midfield minutes and looked really comfortable, really grown with that responsibility that he's been given and that defensiveness that he brings to the midfield is something that's been an area of growth for him. And I think he has relished that as as an area of improvement. So, yeah, uh, definitely deserving of a spot in the top five. And then my number five to round out our top five, Nick Watson, is an interesting one to rank because... Again, well, like when I when I balance that potential and talent right now, I think the talent's probably much stronger. But you can't deny the potential is there in a year or so. When you look at small forwards, when have you ever seen a small forward be this dominant at under eighteen level and probably threat to really damage the AFL when he makes it? I mean, you compare it to other small forwards now, it just sort of brings this new energy and threat that we we've seen at AFL level, but it. He's just so explosive, so dynamic, and I mean, he, he's he's got it in him. In the nicest way to explain that, he's got a bit of grunt in him that will definitely add to any AFL team. You, he's a player you want on his team. He he just wants he he smells the goals out. He's dangerous. He knows how to win win the ball in every asset of the game. So he's yeah. I, I think five is where I'll comfortably put him. Yeah, he, he antagonises opposition teams, doesn't he? And, and that is a is certainly a source of his goals. But also his ability overhead, we know he's 170 and that's raised some question marks. He's my number six, by the way. Um, and that's raised some question marks given that, that lack of height. But he has shown that he's got a leap and he engages early, which helps him out in that regard. So, yeah, number six for me. We're on a bit of a similar track here, but I have number six, Nate Caddy. Um, pretty similar to Zane Dersma, I'd have to say. I'd say Nate's hands above his head are pretty strong, and, and I'd say a bit stronger than Zane Dersma. It's his kick as well. You can tell he's being coached by Anthony Rocker the way he kicks. It's just such a high, booming kick that he can easily make 50 metres plus, and we've seen mm-hmm. that at Northern. He's just so dominant. He's he, he reads the ball very well and can get front position against his Defender and he's been a multiple goal kicker on multiple occasions for the Northern Knights and he, and he replicated that really well at Vic Metro level. Well, I think a, a lot of development still left to go with Caddy as well. It'll be good to see him sort of get minutes under some bigger sized bodies. But I think you know we look at he sort of reminds me of that Nick Rewalt type that sort of starts a bit smaller, but eventually he'll build into his body and just become a real dominant threat. Yeah, and Nate Caddy's my number seven. He's he's one who I think probably would have liked a slightly stronger championships, but we've seen over a two-year period, you know, going back to the under-16s Metro where he was able to produce for Northern last year and some of his performances for the Knights this year, he kicked six goals in a match, shows how dominant he can be and, and when's his day he really keeps it on. So, yeah, he, he does retain that top 10 position and very comfortably given what he's produced, but he would like a strong finish to the season, I think. Yep, for sure. My number eight, oh, sorry, my number seven, Riley Sanders from the Sandringham Dragons. We, I, and I had my doubts about him at the start of the year more so if he had, you know, taken another level to his game. I think he took a while to build into his season, but we've seen now how damaging and impactful he can be. He's a bit of a bigger body, so it's be interesting to see how much time will spend on the outside at a higher level. Um, but equally, I think he could have really sat in this three to seven range. In all honesty, he's as, he's as impactful and is as talented as any that I've listed above. Um, so, mirror your thoughts. I'll be excited to see what he can do at the next level. 
Jordan Croft is my number eight. I've got him based on what he's been able to to produce with his athleticism. I think he covers the ground as well as anyone for a key forward. Gets up really high. His GPS numbers are really, really positive. We saw in the Vic Metro trial game when he kicked four goals that he is able to to kick bags. And, and he's still really lightly framed. He weighs 80 kilos. He's two metres tall. So you think when he puts size on, you look at the the upside for AFL clubs, which I know you, you've probably put a little bit more thought into. But when he really puts size on and realises how how big and dominant he can be, there's, there's a lot of upside side there but he's also still able to to impact at ground level given given his mobility my number eight is Connor O'Sullivan I've loved his work so far this season he's one that probably under Darcy Wilson has the most potential in this draft class we've seen his work down back for the allies but earlier in the year for Murray he was dominating that forward every ball that would come he'd get his he would get above his head and he was great with his uh with his ball work when the ball went to ground and was clean with his hands and was just able to hit the score sheet really easily. So one I'm really interested, he's just a versatile big and that's so, so important in the modern game now to have that type of player. So loved, yeah, loved what I've seen from him. He's my eight. Certainly. Ollie Murphy's my number nine and he, he gets in based on the really strong championships he produced for Vic Metro. We first saw it in the trial game where he would have taken five or six intercept marks, just really clean above his head. And he's able to shut down his direct opponent. We saw he had the job on Jed Walter. He had a really intriguing duel on Archer Reed as well in the last game. But yeah, not just his, his intercepting, but also his smarts. He knows when he has to lock down. He knows when he's able to come off and, and intercept and, and help others. But also at ground level, he's able to impact as well. So yeah, I think he's one who's really risen this season, probably started this season, you know, third or fourth round at best. We haven't seen a whole lot of him, but has gone up at every opportunity. Yep. Uh, my number nine is Joel Frazier, one who I've been really big on from the start of the season. And that breakout game, I, I suppose you can say, was in in Bendigo early in the season against Dandenong, where he kicked six in that game and just absolutely showed what he was capable. Such a good two-way runner, probably similar to Darcy Wilson. He's one you'd love on your team. If you want to execute a game plan, he's the player that will just follow what you tell him. And use the ball so well. He's great with his hands in the contest, especially around congestion. He's really he's able to get it out really easily and provide that run and carry. And then we see what he can can, can go forward and provide a tall threat. He is pretty tall at 190 centimetres, so it's not like he's a small midfielder. He can impact across the ground, and that two-way running again is something that stands out for me. I don't think his potential was really seen until the last game against Vic Metro, but I think that was all you need to see as a recruiter and say he's got what you know he's got assets that can provide some real quality to any afl team so he's at my nine yeah yeah my number 10 Darcy wilson I, I won't i won't go into much depth i think you really explained well why you had him so high i, I think I've, I've really liked him as well i've rated his vic country his vic country his time with vic country his four games there just probably have a few players ahead of him based on established form and what I expect they produce at the next level. But I don't, I think he's, he's half a step below and, and I think he'll really be knocking at the door in the next few years. Certainly one to watch. For sure. And sort of similar, my number 10, Ollie Murphy, I won't go on too much as to what you said, but really impressive championships is that he's probably the, the, the only key defender in this top 10, if you would, unless you classify Conor O'Sullivan as a key defender, but he just really stood up, did the job, and we've said this before, he's just a reliable player. You, he's mm. someone that will do the task he's given and 
win his one-on-ones, and if he concedes a few, he'll come back and make sure he doesn't concede anymore. So he's my number 10. Number 11 for me is Archer Reid, which is which is perhaps a slightly interesting one. I know there has been a little bit of talk around, has he fallen? Because he probably hasn't quite shown the potential and upside that was expected of him in pre-season. And, and I was probably having similar concerns. But I think in the last month, he's, he's really proven why there, there has been so much hype around him. Kicked four goals against Sandringham Dragons for Gippsland a month ago then took that form into two consecutive Vic Country games, which you need to do. You need to perform strongly in the national championships if you're, if you're going to go this high, which I think he did with, with some of his marking inside 50 and doing it on Ollie Murphy, you've obviously got really high as well. Kicked goals in both of the, those games and then kicked four for Gippsland in their most recent outing, playing on Christian Mardini, who's also a Vic Metro defender. So I think he's really hitting form at the right time. My number 11, exact same, uh, well, exact same player, Archer Reid. Yeah, uh, pretty much mirror your thoughts on him. I thought another thing that's impressive, sort of similar to Zane Dersma, they're just versatile inside 50. He's not one that relies on yep. taking a strong overhead mark and kicking a set and shot. He's able to kick him from pretty much every angle on the field. And I think that was most evident against WA in the national championships that he's one that can make an impact from anywhere inside that 50-meter arc. So, yeah, but he's my number 11. Yeah, and, and has also rotated through the ruck at times for the Gibson Power this year as well. Another string to his bow. Number 12 for me, Harry DiMatteo, the, the, sorry, the Dandenong Stingrays co-captain, also the Vic Country co-captain with Harley Reid. So he's got that leadership element to him. I think players who have played another sport at the high level that he has, he's played Premier Cricket with Melbourne. He's also been in the or the Melbourne under-19 squad for cricket last season. So he's played cricket at a really high level, has that real professionalism, which you really see. He marshals the troops on the field. From a playing point of view, I think what has really stood out to me is his acceleration and speed. That athletic base that he has isn't something that can really be taught. He's also really strong. He's, he's well-built for a player to, to go on and, and have a long career. His ball use could tidy up at times, but I think that's something that once he gets in a, into a full-time AFL system, the club will back itself to be able to to clean up. My number 12, George Stevens from the GW, GWV Rebels. I had my doubts on him, through, I'd say, as long as, not as long as like a month ago with his kicking. I was a bit worried that it would be an issue, and it was something I've always sort of thought with Will Ashcroft last year, it's it's an area of the game that can get lost, that hack kick out of the stoppages. And I think it's pretty ineffective sometimes to have that trait. But I think he really proved me wrong in that national championships, how, you know, he, he fixed that up. His kicking was superb out of the contest. Really clean hands. He's a bull. He, he'll bull through the contest and make an impact. And he's a good runner as well for his size. So he's been so dominant since, I think, the Dandenong game um, a couple of weeks ago. He's pretty much just dominated from that point on. You can see he's taken a lot of confidence from the national championships. He's one in terms of playing against bigger bodies, shouldn't have too much of an issue if he makes it to the next stage in his career. Certainly. I've got Will Brown at, at number 13, a, a surprise. There, there was a little bit of talk that he could go quite high, probably didn't quite have the national championships he would like. He's a clearance player, but you talk about hat kicks. He's probably one who has been guilty of that at times. He has been playing a little bit injured, though, which has hindered his ability to really drive his legs away and kick it directly forward and, and really have those impactful clearances and inside 50s. But the the reason I do have him as high as I do is there isn't really any other highly regarded 
big bodied inside mids in this draft class. So you think of someone who's 194, 195 centimetres, your Patrick Cripps, your Marcus Bontempelli, that prototype player that's so important to AFL systems now. And he's the one that, that really stands out. So although on talent he may be a little bit lower, he the the demand for him is going to be really high just because there there isn't a whole lot of them in the in the talent league this season. So that's why I've got him there. He also played an integral role in the Sandringham Dragons premiership last year. Yeah, it did for sure. My number thirteen, Cooper Simpson. Um, he's one that I think is is on here for the potential. It was a shame we didn't get to see him as much as we hoped in the national championships as he went down with that injury in the first game. Um, but he's one he's, he's another reliable player inside the midfield. He's one you know he'll do the job for you. He's clean with his hands. He's just a classy footballer, and I think given the time, uh, I think he'll become a really strong player. It's just more. I think it's development now for him. I think he's shown he's talented enough and. He's one I think will only get better, and it'll be great to see what he does um, in the last couple of weeks for the Stingrays. He's my number 14, Cooper Simpson, the Dandenong Stingrays co-captain. The the defensive running is something that I would add to, to what you've said, Nathan, as well. So I think that's something he really adds to any engine room that he's a part of. He's really willing to run both ways and, and runs really hard. So that's that's crucial. I think the the game that really stood out to me was a game last year against Gippsland in inclement conditions. There are about eight goals kicked for the whole game and he kicked the winner off a step from 50. So he steps up in big moments and I have no doubt he would have done that if not for a corked thigh throughout the national championships in the first game. So unfortunately he wasn't able to press his case, but I think whatever club gets him, he will end up falling a little bit just because of that injury. He's going to get a, a real bargain and he's obviously got the leadership element to him as well. Probably similar to what I thought of Ollie Hodden last year going in, I think, the mid-20s to St Kilda. I think he's a pretty similar player that will just become a pretty sensational player in a couple of years. My number 14 is Will Green from the Northern Knights, one that I've been ultra-impressed with. For his size, he's just so versatile. He, he, I mean, he sort of splits his time between ruck and forward, especially at the Northern Knights. His ruck work is just so impressive, taps it straight down, especially the Knights have such good runners through the, through the corridor. So he's been elite at that. And then in the forward line, he's just so hard to beat. And, he, and he's not overly built yet, but he knows how to use his body well just to get in great position and get get that front position to take strong contested marks. And he hits the scoreboard. He's really everything that a modern-day ruckman is about now, where you can be pretty agile in the ruck to move and not just tap it down, but start running as well and getting the ball forward. And then he goes into inside forward 50 and also makes an impact. So been really impressed with Will Greeny. He'll, he should, he'll grow even more and become even more impactful in the next few months. Certainly. I think he's been the standout ruck throughout Victoria and Tasmania in this draft class. My number 15 is George Stevens. I won't go into too much depth. I think you gave a pretty good overview before the only thing I'd add is he can run across half back and he has shown that at times this season and he's coming off that ACL injury last season. So to produce what he's been able to produce with the injury interrupted build up to, I guess, his top age year and, and there can be that perceived pressure on players proves that he has got that mental mental side to his game as well. He was the AFL Academy captain. So the leadership component comes into it too. For sure. My number 15 is Jordan Croft. I have him a bit lower than what you had, purely because I feel like he's a bit redundant in this list where we know where he's going to go. Like, it's uh, it's one, you, he, he's a great player. You, you know what he'll become, but it doesn't feel as fun because we know where he'll end up. So The Western Bulldogs, for people not aware. Yeah, the Western Bulldogs, yeah. 
Yeah. So it doesn't feel as fun ranking him because it really doesn't matter where he gets put in the end because he'll end up at the one club. Um, but yeah, similar to what you said, he'll build size and he's pretty much as damaging as any of the other key forwards that I've ranked at the, in this top 20. So he's at my 15. Norton, Darcy, Hugo Hagen. Yeah, small forward line. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a juggle for Luke Beveridge and the Western Bulldog coaching staff in the coming years. My number 16, Will Green. Yeah, pretty much mirror exactly what you've said and it has been good that he's been able to show that he can go forward and, and start to impact there as well. So we know how important it is to have that versatility to your game. My number 16 is Nathan Falakdides, um, a first Oakley boy in, on this list. He is an interesting one. This is, I mean, this last these last five picks for us, I think we've differed completely. There could go really either way. There's a lot we'll talk about around the mark at the end, but yeah, he should. He had a patch in the start of the season where he just wasn't really living to his potential, but I think he's built that confidence again, and we can see how classy he is off half back. He's a good size as well. Like he's built, but he's not slow. He's fast. He can break break through the corridor, break off half back, and just nice delivery with his feet I think like he's he's had probably one or two off games but otherwise he's been really on um, and it was hard to put him over Archie Roberts to be completely honest in that half back role in this rankings but I think he's just proven that time and time again that he's quite, he's a top prospect to watch out for and that he's just a, he'll be a terrific role player if he does make it into the AFL he's, he's one that knows his role so well certainly Certainly. Um, Kynan Brown, my number 17, and Oakley Charger as well. I think he's one that's flown under the radar to some degree. There's obviously the the stars in, in both engine rooms. Both, you, I mean, you look at the allies even, but Vic Country and Vic Metro have the stars. But he's one who just reads the ball off the rucks hands really well and is really clean. He's then able to feed it out. He's also slightly built, which allows him to be silky and agile and slip through traffic really well. And I think he's been really important to what Oakley have done this season. And we've seen throughout the championships, it was also one of the higher rated players for the coaches in the third game against WA yeah. when there were some players who did some really flashy things, but he just played his role really well. I know you've talked about role players a few times, Nathan, and certainly being able to do things both ways and adhere to a system of things that are looked upon favourably by recruiters. I think he's done that really well this season, no matter yeah. where he's played. So I've been a real fan of his. We just got some time at VFL level for Casey, so yeah. getting some more experience in his yeah. game. Uh, my number 17 is Logan Morris from the Western Jets. One that should probably be much higher when you look at potential. And I guess what we've seen from him at Vic Metro was fantastic. We, we know at Western... He's played most of his time up forward and he dominates. He's, he's a very powerful forward that hits the scoreboard very often, but it was at Metro where we saw his defensive side that he was able to play a lockdown role, which he was pretty new to, and, and he did it fantastically. And it was mm. It's just that versatility that puts him up there. Like, that that's all, you know, for an AFL club, that's what you want to see, a player that can go back and forward. And then he did play forward against WA and kicked four goals in the end and really dominated there and showed what he's capable of against the top talent in the in the country. So, yeah, one that potential-wise, so much there to work with. And his aerobic capacity has really improved a lot over the last, yeah. well, over the last six to nine months throughout this season. So something that he got feedback on and has actioned. He's my number 18 and, yeah, just kicks bags for fun. 
for Western, kicked three of their four goals against Sandy on the weekend, had five scoring shots when he was starved of opportunity. So I think that just shows he he's one who leads to the right spots and, and really understands the leading lanes, has that natural forwards instinct. My number 18, Will Brown, similar to what you said. Uh, you, I think over time we'll see his potential grow and grow a bit more. He, he did play a lot of a half-forward role at Sandy last yeah. year when they did win the premiership, and he was really deadly there, just really quick and burst when the ball went to ground. And now we've seen more of his time at the midfield, and he's been equally as dominant. And like you said, it's more just his vision now needs to improve. Can he get that effective kick inside 50 to hit the target? Because we know he wins it out of the centre stoppages. Caleb Windsor, number 19 for me. I think he's the best winger in the talent league by a long margin. I think he just understands that role really well, knows when to hold his width, knows when he's able to come in and impact. And his kicking has really improved throughout the last six or seven weeks. It's something that had been discussed, but I think he showed throughout the championships that that efficiency is really good. And his aerobic tank is his one ward, which is where he's able to really expose direct opponents. He's also able to go forward um, and and impact the scoreboard or set teammates up and, and work back. And that comes down to that aerobic base that he's got. So I've been a real big fan of his. And, and I think I said off the top that Colby McCurcher is probably my favourite to watch in this draft class. And I'd say that Caleb Windsor is not far behind him. For sure. My number 19, Will Dawson from the Gippsland Power. It was definitely the last game of the championships that stood out the most for me with his work in the back line. A, a, He's a tall player, but he was able to just hold his hold his ground really well and take great intercept marks down back. Uses his body really well. His kicking was fantastic out of the back line. I think that he's one that, yeah, probably gets in with potential, I'd have to say. And, we'll, yeah, again, yeah, we'll talk about the ones who didn't make it in, but he's one that I think over time you could definitely – we've seen so many tall players get drafted now that take about two or three years, but once they come in, they've they definitely shown what they're capable of, so – He's at my 19. And number 20 for me, Ari Schoenmaker from the Tasmania Devils. A really hard one and one that I really agonised over the number 20 spot. In the end, decided to include a halfback, but there's you could throw a blanket over the top six or seven halfbacks when you look at Billy Wilson, Angus Hastie, Lamont Lawal, all of these sorts of players. You mentioned Nathan Flacktyres and Archie Roberts before. Uh, I've just put in Ari Schoenmaker because I just think that his booming left boot and what he's able to to do in terms of his rebounding is really impressive. But they've all got that rebounding. He's just got that little bit more height, which allows him to be a little bit more competitive aerially. And I think that's something that over time we'll really see develop. But his form as well has probably superseded that of some of his counterparts, where we know what Archie Roberts is capable of and, and Nathan Flacktides because what they produced last season. And he also did it last season. He's been able to produce a lot more this season. He's had some 30 to 40 touch games for the Tasmania Devils. And in his couple of in his couple of games for the Allies, I thought he was really strong, spent a game on the wing and was able to show his ball use there and actually hit the scoreboard as well. And then rounding out my my 20, Cade Delarue is my final spot. He's one that's just been he, – his championships are really consistent. It was something yeah. that stood out for him. There's that consistency in his role. Um, it was his sort of his vision that impressed me. Out of the contest, he was able to turn, use his burst speed and, and find that kick that was leading to really strong transition. It, he turned around and instantly knew where he was and knew where to go. Um, really clean with his ball use with hand especially. And we know he can move the ball inside 50 really well and he's – 
he's one in transition. He knows how to move the ball well. He's just smart football IQ. Uh, I think he'll just slot into an AFL team really nice, given he gets the opportunity. He, he's shown enough to prove that he's capable at the highest level, so he rounds out my 20. Yeah, so we'll just go through a few players that were around the mark that neither of us included. So there were a few players that I included that Nathan didn't like, Sean Maker. A few players you included, Nathan, that I didn't, looking at players like Kay Delarue. We won't go through those. But some players that neither of us included, I think one is Billy Wilson. I think he's had a really strong year off halfback for the Danny Nong Stingrays, part of that glut of um, of players with really good upside off halfback in this draft class. Coming from a little bit further back, the Danny Nong Stingrays coaching staff did put on the map. They expected him to make the country and really break out this season. I think he has. His speed is really eye-catching. Just probably didn't quite have the championships he would have liked. Wasn't quite yeah. able to translate that formerly shown the Dan Nong Stingrays into the championships. Played a little bit of midfield, actually, on the weekend for Stingrays and, and did reasonably. Picked up 27 possessions. Uh, but, yeah, just would have liked to have seen a little bit more from him in the championships because I know how much upside he's got and I do enjoy watching him. Um, and, yeah, yeah to, to go through a couple of those other halfbacks before I throw to you, Nathan. Angus Hasty, really good one-on-one, and, and we know how, how important he is coming out of the back half with his rebound as well as Harvey Thomas. If you want to classify him as a yeah. halfback, he was pushed on to halfback for the Allies because of their really strong midfield, but generally plays a midfield role. I think he's one who, who does offer a lot despite his small size because he is so competitive. And then you've also got Archie Roberts, who you touched on, has that real rebound flair. And I think something that's really improved for him is that one-on-one side of things, which obviously in an offensive-focused talent league program can get lost a little bit, but that's an area of improvement for him. And James Leake is one who talked about using the national championships to put your name on the map. I think he really did do that. And he showed he was a really nice size to take some some really big marks. So they're probably the, the halfbacks that are just outside and, yeah, all sit really closely to each other. But but some some from your perspective, Nathan, that are just yeah. there or thereabouts. Yeah, well, I think Lamont, it's hard to miss him considering yeah. the talk we've heard about him, you know, generally around... It was his disposal that let him down. I think that's still the thing that can either... I think the difference between his best and his worst is probably too big, and that's where I think it needs to be shortened and give himself to give himself the best opportunity. Um, It's just his cleanliness with the ball in hand because undoubtedly he knows where to run, how to get the footy. His football IQ is really good. He's he's nailed his halfback role pretty well. It's just that last polishing touch for him. Um, so I think that's probably what keeps him out of this 20. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Rudd is one I had in my MVP, yep. as my MVP for Vic Country in, in the Vic Country video we did. Yeah. Yeah, one I think potential as well. I think there's a lot to work with there. And I, 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 he probably sits right outside that top 20 and he's pretty interchangeable with probably my last five in that top 20. So one that knows how to win the football up forward, just a strong power forward that, I think as well we'll get more powerful as the season goes on and has as really much as pote- much potential as any of the other key forwards. I'll throw back to you with Charlie Harrop. I know he's one that you've got an eye you've had an eye on throughout the whole season. He wasn't yeah. in your top twenty. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Um, but he wasn't far off it. And I think you you can easily get bogged down in statistics and what they're able to produce with ball in hand throughout the national championships. But I think what he did is he just continues to prove that 
his work rate, no matter what level he plays, he will just, you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to work really hard up the ground. Sometimes that will result in him getting goals at the back. Sometimes the game won't lend itself to him being able to do that. But he's going to play that role really well as a high half forward coming up, then ripping back and burning his opponent. He's one who's really good overhead, has added real liveliness to the Sandy Dragons forward line, was able to hit the scoreboard for the for Vic Metro in, in their last game, picked three goals. And, yeah, I've really liked what I've seen from him. He's got the leadership component to him as well. He was the Halebury captain, the captain of the APS winners last weekend and and actually stood up in a big game there. And, and we know that recruiters place different, I guess, weights on APS footy. Obviously, you're expected to dominate at that level, but still to stand up in a big game is, is good for him. Luke Lloyd is one who has pressed his case after having an injury-interrupted start to the season, which prohibited him from getting selected for Vic Metro. But he just takes marks week after week, and that's been really impressive. Uh, his overhead marking is probably the best in the comp. He, he averages more marks than anyone else in competition, and he's had some time at the Frankston Dolphins in the last couple of weeks, which be a good opportunity for him to show what he's got in front of recruiters prying eyes and he's an accurate set shot at goal as well and then just a couple of others Jack Callan and obviously an AFL Academy small forward we know what he's got in terms of form behind him in the last couple of years and that's obviously what got him that that inclusion in the AFL Academy squad so he's still there or thereabouts and I'm sure he'll go back and dominate for Tasmania. He did some nice things for the Allies. And Phoenix Gothard, um, speaking of small forwards at the Allies, is one who's pushed his name up. Probably not quite um, as high as, you know, some of the, the others that I've just mentioned there. But I still think that he is very very good because he's got all the traits he wanted in a small forward. He's, you know, he's got that really important step. He's he's really good overhead and, and he's got real good goal sense. So they're probably the main ones from my perspective that just missed out. Was there anyone from your perspective, Nathan? Uh, no, I think I think you've you've summed it up pretty well. They are that those are probably the main ones at the moment. And I and I've seen you've added one that I think we've we have to talk about that I'll throw back to you for. Um Harvey Johnson is probably, yeah, probably another one. Just just, just with that third game he played in the championships in the preseason and, and early part of the season that he had for Sandringham is, is probably in that same vein as Phoenix Gothard, maybe not as high as the other sort of 10 to 12 that are just outside, but still certainly pressing his case with what he's been able to produce or path forward in terms yeah. of finding the footy and, and also able to rotate into the midi and find his way through traffic so well and how important that is at yeah. AFL level. Yeah, for sure. Well, that, that wraps it up. That is our top 20 power rankings. Um, if you're new to the channel, if this is the first video you've seen and you've watched the air, make sure to check out our podcast. We do review the talent league every single week and we do give pretty good analysis on every game and these players and how they're going week by week. So make sure to check that out. Follow us on Instagram, Craft for the Draft. We do video interviews, quote graphics, around these players, what the coaches are saying about them. So if you want some more information on these players and really how they're going in the development, make sure to check that out. Uh, thank you all for watching. We'll, we hope to do more videos like this and there might be another one of these power rankings come the back end of the year. So make sure to tune in for that. Check out all our other videos and thank you all for watching.